0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pixeless Podcast, the podcast about all the nerdy things we love and enjoy. I'm Will, that's Blake. Today we're here to talk a little bit of uh, Worlds Beyond Number, The Wizard, The Witch, and The Wild One, Episode 2. Excited to dive into this one, my friend. But first, what how, how are, are you it? doing today? I'm good.
1: I'm good. It's Monday, and uh, yeah, that's it is my it is a day. <laughs> <laughs> it's Monday. That's it right. It's Monday. How about you? How are you doing today?
0: Good. I'm good. I got my coffee, my second cup of the day. It's it's getting late. I'm kind of I'm past mm. my time where I was like, you know, if it's past two, I never have one. But I was like, let me get one going for the pod.
1: So You're I playing might a dangerous this game, later. good yeah. sir. Got I don't it. ever, I think I have just one cup a day, but my cups are pretty big too. They're like a, a big
0: cup, so. Yeah, I, I used to be two a day, but recently I've been one a day, but I don't know, today, you know, just figured, why not? Why not, man? Why not? You know? That's right. Why not? <laughs> Climb um, up to the
1: rooftops. <laughs> <laughs> you could do anything. <laughs> you could fly.
0: <laughs> um, it's like, no, no, they can't they they can't do that. No, you can. A uh, little little key and peel for anybody who's like, "What are you guys talking about?" Uh, yeah. Let's so you see. You just know
1: our channel's basically inside jokes between the yeah. two of us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh what do we need to say? Uh our giveaway, we are going to be announcing the winner uh Wednesday, which is 2 days mm-hmm. from now. Um which I I well, I guess we're going to do what we did last time. We'll just put out a quick video. Yeah, um, I think so. Doing that. So yeah, keep an eye out for that. We maybe also will Go back to the original video if, if and comment and respond to whoever won, too. Maybe just to make sure that they they uh, get the message. Um, but, yeah, definitely just check the video for sure.
1: Other Bro, we're, than uh, that. We're, we're growing. We're growing. We are. That's all I got to say. We're, are we going to do a 10,000 sub giveaway? So we just did a 1,000, you know? I know. Like a few months ago. I feel like.
0: I'm all about it. Yeah, I feel like you know? we should do a 10. I feel like that makes sense, yeah. you know? Six seven eight, those don't feel very exciting, but ten. I feel like every 1000 subs, it's
1: another giveaway. <laughs>
0: every sub, we didn't tell you guys we uh were given a box
1: of Tal'Dorei Reborn, we have to get rid of so <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that it's cast. Tal'Dorei Reborn, <laughs> and you get a Tal'Dorei Reborn, you um, all right, but yeah, so the giveaway uh, giveaway will be Wednesday. Look out for that. There's no critical role this week, uh. But but we still have our discussion on last week's coming out that will hopefully be sometime this week. And we didn't forget what our final discussion on last of us is still coming down the pipeline. Um, we actually didn't plan it this way, but I'm actually glad we kind of waited cause it's kind of giving me a chance to, to marinate and process on it. I think um, we did the same
1: thing with Loki or another show where we didn't yeah. do a discussion or maybe it was rings of power where we didn't do a final episode discussion, but we let it simmer a little bit and then we yeah. did our kind of like, wasn't any good or should you watch this yeah um so i think we'll do the same thing for yep.
0: t-l-o-u that's right so that is uh that is still coming as well uh is that it is that it i just think that's all i got uh
1: true to our names of nerd stuff since you know we'd never talk you know we say all the shows you know movies and games we like to enjoy and they're <laughs> There are no games on this channel. We're going to do a little Diablo 4 discussion. That's
0: right. Okay, yeah, that's right. What we thought about it,
1: and uh, I don't know. I'm curious. I'm curious your thoughts, my friends.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, the the open beta, or the beta, let's say, has taken place over the last two weekends. Um, Blake played both. I played just this past weekend. So, yeah, we're going to talk about that. So, for anybody that likes video games or was curious about D4, uh, be sure to check that one out as well. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, uh, uh, I think that's that it, right? Me. All right. Yeah. yeah. So um, <clears throat> without further ado, let's jump into our actual uh, discussion here. Uh, if you're new to the channel, um, especially if you're checking us out from Worlds Beyond Number and you haven't seen us before, one thing we like to do is recap what we're going to be talking about for this long form content. Um And we'll cut out that recap of this podcast and we will host it separately on YouTube for your viewing convenience. So if you happen to find yourself on just the recap, but you want to hear Blake and I's full discussion on this episode, it'll be linked down in the discussion box below. Um, But yeah, Blake, you want to take us off on this one?
1: So this was episode two, and uh, I like we've disclaimed before, I don't know if you can use that word, by the way, but as we've disclaimed, uh, there may be some details that are a little fuzzy, so feel free to let us know if we missed anything in the comments. But um, basically the episode opens up with a continuing on this moment where Grandmother Ren has just passed. Uh, her and her familiar, familiar Taro have both passed on, uh, to whatever comes next. And here we find Ame and Suvi in, in grandmother Ren's room with this quest now to find Ursulon. Uh, the night with the, uh, moon is high and a dark shadowy figure who we were told was walking down the road from the previous episode Stinger this dark figure begins walking down the road and knocks on the door. It feels very ominous, um, very suspect. Ame tells Suvi to wait, goes downstairs and asks through the shut door. Who is it? Uh, the person in a very creepy, disturbing voice, uh, announces that they are a traveler and that they're an old friend of grandmother Wren who they've come to say hello and pay their respects. Um, Essentially, Ami says, well, well, who are you? And this person is offended and says, you know, how dare you ask a traveler my name through a shut door Ooh, yeah. and gives three names, not an actual name, but says, I am the pilgrim of the night. Uh, I think traveler under the
0: stars. Is that right? Yeah, that, I then, don't remember exactly, but yeah, it was And of then those King, four things you said. There's some combination of them there was also like King
1: something. There was a third name as well. Uh, And I apologize. I can't remember which one it was, but, um, and then basically says, Ami says, well, it's not a good time. (laughs) My grandmother just (laughs) died. Uh, And basically says, grandmother runs indisposed. Uh, This pilgrim of the night asks, well, when can I come back? And she says sort of panicky one year from now. And the individual says you have one year and poof vanishes and it becomes day. It's like the middle of the day again. So on top of this total craziness, um, all like the milk in the ice box has gone spoiled. Uh, there's things like that, like some kind of like decay and things that have just gone bad now. And Suvi is like, what the heck just happened? And I'm just like, who was that? I have no idea. Um, Suvi actually makes, I think it was an Arcana check, um, Maybe it was a history or religion check, but basically remembers from her studies that beings of the spiritual world never give their true name because that allows you to assert power over them. So like Ursuline's father, the great bear, no one knows their true name, uh, again, because that can be used to assert authority and power over uh, over an individual. But what she remembers of her study was that the scariest spiritual beings had three names. And this character we just met announced three names. Yeah, I think Uh, it was just the more names they had, the scarier they were. Right. Well, But specifically for her, she had read about one with three names that had terrified her, was the example I was giving. So um, beyond this, they decide to look at some of the things that Steel had given to Suvi to pass on to Grandmother Wren. There is a book of sort of like the constellations of the sky uh, that they're not sure what to make of it. And then there's also these drawings of different disturbing beasts, and they realize that these are the forms that the mages of Gathmire, I think, or Gathmire can take, including one particular form that Suvi recognizes. It is the form that Yorin took back on the night that she last saw her parents. Um, Suvi and Ami talk about this, and they say essentially, like, well, the mages of Gathmire, aren't we at war with them? And Suvi basically says, well, it's a little bit more complicated than that, um, but doesn't really share more beyond that. Uh, They know that before they can go find Ursulan, they need to first get uh, Ame's familiar. Uh, That was part of the uh, responsibilities given to her. And so they travel outside of the cottage up this small hill to this small uh, stone statue of this spiritual being that watches over the nearby river or the stream. Um, and they affectionately have called him uh, Mr. Mr. Cook, Mr. Food. What was Mr. it? Soup. Mr. Soup. Mr. Soup. He's got right. like the offering bowl. Yeah. The offering that you, if you go go lay an offering at this statue, it's like a massive bowl. And so they lay um, some crackers down. oh oh and there's also one detail I forgot um Suve, before they leave the the cottage, Suvi actually goes up to Ame's room and uh, discovers a small blue I think it was a cloak that was hidden under the blankets and this seems to be from the children's story maybe a gift from Suvi to Ami Ame, Ame uh, that she has been holding on to and it also in this moment,
0: the, uh, sorry just to, yeah, it ahead. was the cloak that um that her mother gave her from the prelude you know she wrapped her in it. That okay. was that same one. Okay. Wow. Cool. Um, also looking
1: out the window, she sees a Fox coming out of the hen house with a dead chicken in her mouth in its mouth uh, kind of confused as to like, it was just nighttime. Now it's daytime. What's going on. Um, then fast forwarding back to this offering bowl. Uh, they put in some crackers. Uh, I think they put in like a thing of vodka uh, or whiskey in it as well. And this spirit comes to life uh, next to them this small two-foot figure uh, who is, has a great accent and is like, oh, yeah, they did a great job with my statue. Uh, is basically like, what do you guys want? What's going on? Uh, and Ami's like, I think I'm supposed to get a familiar from you. And they share all this other stuff, that's crazy stuff that's happening. And the figure's like, I don't really know anything about any of that, but um, I can't help you with a familiar. And so Ami closes her eyes, and as she's thinking about this familiar and this ritual's beginning, that same fox comes out of the woods sees the crackers in her pocket sort of scurries up and ame instinctively grabs the fox and sort of poof the fox becomes her familiar yeah uh, immediately begins speaking to her the fox is for is also an awesome character by the way (laughs) the fox is freaked out because it's like i'm I'm talking what is talking and um just a very uh, i don't know uh, ignorance not the right word but there's a conversation later when ame says to the fox like um, like, can you give me some space or can you leave, you know, give me some, I can't remember what the phrasing was, but there you're like, yeah, sure. I can do that. But like, did it know, <laughs> did it know yeah. what it meant? But yeah. I don't want to spoil that for your, your half, but anyway, um, this, they sort of strike a bargain that this Fox is going to help Ame and in return, Ame will give the Fox as much, um, chicken as it desires. So... <laughs> Um, all that to say, they now know their next step is to travel to find Ursulon. And do you want to take it from there?
0: Yes, sir. Um so, oh, get my notes. I just accidentally closed them. But so now Ame having this fox familiar, like like Blake said, they just kind of have this funny moment. But now that that is completed, they decide to go back to the cottage and basically pack up to go on this journey to find Ursulon. Uh, so they head back and uh, Ame begins packing. But as this you know, young witch who, for the most part, hasn't left this cottage for her entire adult life, is very confused on what to grab. She's like, should I bring the fire poker? And Suvi's like, no, we don't need a fire poker. So she's kind of stressed <clears throat> and anxiously stress packing. Um, And during this, she does an... I want to. We'll talk more about this in the discussion because I'm a little bit in the, in the murkiness on exactly what takes place here. Um, but she goes upstairs, and grandmother Rin is kind of like has turned white, or, or is described something like that as happening. Um, <clears throat> but next thing we know is that Amé has this urn right. um, with a rooster on it, and she actually takes it back up to the shrine, Mister um, Mr. Sh- Mister Soup's shrine, and I think performs a little ritual um like I said we'll touch more on this in our discussion but after that she comes back to the cottage for a bit more packing and um one thing of note uh that here is that we we're told that Suvi notices an old shawl that she used to wear um when she was um you know over here that summer that she used to like wrap herself in for comfort and I think she grabs that um and then they're off to go find Ursulon with the uh, new fox familiar leading the way by following the scent of rosemary and pine. And it's here that we get a bit of a travel montage with Brennan describing the different landscapes that they're passing through and, <clears throat> excuse me, often saying that the fox will all suddenly just stop, turn, and start going up a completely new direction, citing that he's found a fresher trail to follow. There were also times when he would comment that, oh, yeah, uh, you know, the person we're tracking has come through here several times. Right. And more of that happens until eventually they arrive at this salty sea city of Joris. I think I'm saying that right. Um, and there's like a lower portion of the city that is, you know, connected to the sea, obviously. And then there is a higher cliffside portion of the sea. And this place is about five times bigger than Silbury. So Ame is pretty overwhelmed. Um <clears throat> The fox continues to lead them into the city, into uh, this farming land within the city. And here they can see that this traveling fair has been set up in this farmland. And they see signs for a performance, a stage performance of Sir Gallant and the Princess Bryony, And uh, they make their way to it, and they kind of find themselves standing in the back of the audience as this play begins. And Professor J.B. Adelaide strides out kind of as the ringmaster, the showmaster of this play, and introduces it. And it's a very low-budget production, kind of like high school play vibes with the cardboard cutout sets and kind of lackluster (laughs) costumes. I dare you not give justice to it. (laughs) Yeah, my bad, my bad. But So there is a princess who is basically trapped in this tower, and she is looking for a knight to save her. Uh, And there's a knight on stage as well because she's been trapped by a monster. So the monster enters the stage, and it is none other than Ursulon. And the crowd begins to boo and yell. Um, and this of course upsets Ame and Suvi. And so Ame yells at them to shut up. And Ursulan hears this and notices his old friends in the crowd and basically freezes. He is very ashamed and embarrassed. Um, and there's kind of a moment where like the 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 knight like tries to continue the play, but Ursulan basically is is too caught off guard and he eventually just runs off stage. Um backstage he argues with professor adelaide and tells him like i, I gotta get out of here i can't do it and adelaide's like the show must go on what are you doing um Ursuline explains that like there's some people here and adelaide is actually a bit more empathetic at this part but then ursalan's like can i have my music box like i gotta go and adelaide's like no you can't have your music box like we let you work here because you gave us that like you know you know you're your a freeloader like no you cannot have the music box back um <clears throat> so ursalan takes off and just goes tries to hide away from suvi and ame um and the knight that he was on stage with he kind of runs into him he's like yo Ursula, what's going on and ursalan's like hey there's people here they can't see me and the knight's like okay i'll run interference for you so the knight runs into ame and suvi and he's like yeah i haven't seen him what are you talking about and suvi uh shatters the glamour on her staff like revealing she is a you know a wizard and is like where is he basically doing an intimidation check and the knight just like, okay, sorry. He just steps out of the way. way? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, they continue kind of searching through these tents and they do actually find Ursulan. And yeah, he is just, just very deeply shamed and embarrassed that they have seen him like this. And, um, you know, obviously Ame and Suvi are his friends. So Ame like tries to comfort him, but Suvi's like, you know, I'm not good at the, emotional stuff Um, and she actually finds out that Professor Adelaide has the music box so she's like I'm gonna go take care of that Ame you handle the emotional damage here so Sue V steps out goes and confronts Professor Adelaide in his office again intimidates him and he quickly folds like a wet napkin and she actually does go and retrieve uh, the music box meanwhile though uh, Ame and Ursula are talking and Excuse me. Uh the moment Blake alluded to a bit earlier with the fox. Ame's like, "Hey, can you give us a moment?" and the fox is like, "Yeah, sure." And he just stands there. It's like, "No, yeah, can you it. leave?" And he's like, "Oh, yeah. Sorry." Um <laughs> so they get their little private talk and you know Ursula again just explains that, you know, he's kind of embarrassed like this isn't what he, you know, thought he was going to do with his life and um Ame of course is being a good friend, but she, you know, quickly fills Ursulon in on what's happened and is like, "Hey, we need Wavebreaker. We need that sword." And Ursulan says, oh, I don't have it. I actually Ooh, I had to that. trade it away for shelter uh, a while back. And she's not upset with him at all. Um, and she just says, you know what? With the sword gone, we now have your quest. Uh, and that's actually where the episode ends. Unless I missed anything. No, it's great. Okay.
1: And uh, if you're watching just the recap, check the description for the whole episode discussion. And we want to know what you think about the episode too. So check that out as well. Will, what'd you think? <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> um, I loved it, man. I'm really enjoying this. Yeah. Um, I, uh, well, what would you think? I was, but I, I, wanna, I wanna launch into something, but I'll, I'll save it for after. Oh, that was our, great. This yeah, I mean, section. I'm
1: listening to it, with my wife, and so it obviously because we have to like sync two schedules to like watch it together. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes a bit longer, so actually, I like the two every two weeks, um, pacing because yeah. it gives us time like we're driving with you know and funny enough our kids get really quiet whenever like we're driving and we're listening to it
0: really <laughs> So it's That's nice. fun. Yeah.
1: but um yeah we have to listen to it in chunks but um we it kind of gives us an opportunity to think about different sections a bit more mm-hmm. um and uh yeah I'm loving it I really like it um I like that we got our little commercial from um uh the business the company that does the production side of it
0: uh, uh Dark Horse I think
1: yeah. Um so yeah, I think they're doing a good job. I'm I'm enjoying I'm enjoying this so far.
0: Yeah, me too. Um you know, it at least it leaves me wanting more each week. And like you said, with the two week break, that's kind of just exacerbated, but kind of in a good way. Um but yeah, I, I'm loving it. And uh, what I wanted to to get into was just uh again, I really enjoy um just the sound design and the production value that's going into it, specifically from this episode, the uh, the Pilgrim under the Stars or the man in black or whatever, that voice man. man in black. Was, or was, was it so in black? I, yeah, I don't know exactly. It was like I'm go back and listen to it again because yeah. <laughs> i I did listen to it
1: again to catch the names to see if it was three names, um, just to get kind of like a power level of this guy, yeah, but then I um
0: I can't remember what was said it was it was I think Pilgrim Under the Stars was one. Yeah. Maybe maybe the King in Black. Maybe that's what it was. And then there was know, another yeah. one, too. Well, now that I'm saying it, I don't even know if King was even mentioned, now that I'm saying it. But, um,
1: but yeah, there was like a Traveler of the Night, Pilgrim pilgrim Under the... or Traveler Under the Stars. There was something for both of them. I can't remember, honestly.
0: See if I but, down. Pilgrim Under the Stars, The Man in Black, The King of Night. That's what I wrote okay. down, at least. That might not be yeah. right. But... Okay. Um, yeah. Awesome. And, um, I it, it, you probably haven't listened to the fireside chat. Have you? No. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll probably interspice some stuff from that for those of you that get, that you didn't listen to it. Um, but one thing was that they were all like so impressed with what Taylor came up with for the voice. Cause obviously in the live recording, Brennan didn't have those yeah. effects on his voice. Um, <laughs> and I think Lou was like, yeah, I was scared. Like that was scary. I was like, I almost told you to like, Hey, tone it down. That's too scary. Um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I just thought that was phenomenal. And, uh, Brennan even said, I think, I think the, the girls, Aman Suvi started referring to that entity as the stranger. And so Brennan said, yeah, I loved that. So like, that's what I refer to it now as in my notes, like he calls it the stranger. So oh, it'll be, and I think, I think that was obviously a meta conversation, yeah, but I'm sure. curious if maybe, the stranger might become another one of that, that thing's titles.
1: Yeah. I think it's, I mean, I don't want to assume anything, but since Suvi got the history check of like the scariest thing she read about had three names and this one had at least three, I'm assuming this one's going like, we're going to learn more names as time goes on. Yeah. Um, Cause it's a very nice little metric for power level. And this guy seems terrifying.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Like so bad uh, energy for sure. Uh, so sh- I don't, I may have just said this, but even if I did, it warrants a second saying, but shout out Taylor Moore for just the, yeah. the production on that. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, this, this feels like a good place to just go ahead and, and start. Cause yeah. I kind of want to dive in on that guy a little bit. Um, <clears throat> uh, there's probably a few different things I want to touch on here, but the first thing that's coming to mind right now is, you know, he, he showed up. Um, oh, well, the first, first thing is one of the, the discussion points we had last episode was what exactly was happening with that time dilation stuff. Was it something Grandma Wren mm-hmm. did? Was it always there? We now know the answer to that, that this was related to him and not anything right. that the witches were doing, which right. <clears throat> one is just badass. Knight literally follows this guy wherever he goes to the extent that it warps time. Um, this This dude definitely, if not big bad, is big bad powerful. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, obviously there's some there's some um, like Grim Reaper kind of vibes in that he's showing up when someone died and, you know, he carries night with him where you and like everything died in the house, you know, or like the milk spoiled and stuff.
1: I don't think Grandmother Wren dying is what caused him to come. I think it was Suvi's foot. stepping on the road. Right. Because I don't know if you told me this or if I got this from Reddit, but from the children's stories, one of the rules was mm-hmm. you shouldn't ever touch the road or something like that. Right. Um, yes. So her foot touches the road and presumably, I mean, he, he knows where this place is, right? I mean, they, he knows who grandmother ren is. I'm an old friend of grandmother Rin. Um, So I'm wondering like the, the mechanism
0: here of like, what does the road do that allows his presence? And I don't know. It's well, interesting. So you know, last step, I was on, I was on that page as well. That that stranger showed up because Suvi stepped on on the road. But now I don't know if I'm on that page anymore because I feel like he wasn't he wasn't there for Suvi. He was there for Grandmother Ren. You know, but are well, you saying that like we don't he just, know?
1: We, I mean, we don't know he was. I mean, I he, guess that's fair. You know, he could just be. Yeah, I I know Grandmother Rin. Let me in. Um, I mean, who knows? Honestly. And that,
0: in in that scenario you're saying that that was just his excuse to kind of like get them to open the door. Yeah, maybe it's like
1: because there's there's a lot of like interesting nods to other fiction, like I think about like vampires yeah. having to be invited in, like they can't pass like the seal of a door without being invited in. And so Right. It feels like there's some kind of allusion to that. Um so yeah, I could see like, "Oh, I know grandmother, Ren, let me in." Uh but I but I don't know. I think bottom line this is definitely setting that's setting the scene for a big bad type character that may not get resolved anytime in the near future um, since we had the one year um, date placed.
0: Right. So. All right, let's 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 call this two two possibilities here. Not that there couldn't be more beyond that, but the, the sous vide possibility. He showed up because of the road. And then the grandmother Wren died and that's why he showed up. Um, sure you're leaning road yeah i mm-hmm. i'm i'm leaning grandmother ren died because it did seem as if he knew she was dead do you i agree i mean with i could that? believe that
1: yeah and i could believe that being the case for either scenario right um especially since she's tasked with
0: guarding like a deep power the heart of the, the world or whatever yeah yeah so <clears throat> i guess i and not that I want to, get, want to get too lost on this, but with the with the road thing, and I, I still haven't finished The Children's Adventure, for those of you that have. Um, but I'm wondering, like, surely, and I think we maybe even touched on this la- last week, or last episode. Um, but there's no way that Suvi hasn't stepped on roads since becoming, like, an adult and leaving Grandmother Ren's house. But maybe it was specifically that road that she couldn't touch. You know, I think um, so. Yeah, <clears throat> <laughs> her whole life. She's never touched a road <laughs> <laughs> Um. anyway. Anyway, so I guess. I just was going to ask, I was I was getting kind of grim reaper. I mean, clearly he's a spirit. Mm-hmm. Um. Yes, I was kind of getting yeah. grim reaper vibes. Um. What vibes, if if not that kind of were you thinking like, is this just like. An assassin sent after Suvi, like if that is the case or what were you? It's kind of no i think it's i pulse. think it's a spirit i think it's well, a yeah, spirit but it could still spirit assassin
1: oh yeah sorry and i it... thought you meant like sent like like a political intrigue kind of thing um oh. yeah no i i don't know i i think of the oatmeal man or like the Poltergeist bad guy is <laughs> the oatmeal the, man the, the logo on the oatmeal container <laughs> <laughs> Is there like a urban legend
0: about him or something
1: he just looks scary bro <laughs> <laughs> hang on oh. Okay. Oh, your favorite number. Blake doesn't (laughs) like the oatmeal guy. (laughs) I just figured there
0: was more to it
1: than that. The the oh okay. So I saw Poltergeist as a kid. It was terrifying, and then I noticed (laughs) that the oatmeal logo, the Quaker Oats guy. Look at this guy here. (laughs) See.
0: I mean, yeah, I don't want to run into that guy in a dark alley for sure. But
1: so I I just, I just didn't know if there was more to it than that. You got, you got this guy, okay, (laughs) and then you got, um, poltergeist,
0: bad guy, which pixelous podcast where we uncover childhood trauma. (laughs) They're they're basically the same. Okay, you know, yeah, yeah. I I mean, I, I see what you're saying.
1: So. That's the vibe I got when he was even describing him. I was like, oh man, he sounds like, sounds like the oatmeal guy. (laughs) And then when he said Pilgrim, like Pilgrim of the Night or Pilgrim Under the Stars, I was like, oh my gosh, it is the oatmeal guy. (laughs) So I think, I just think deep, deeply evil bad guy, spiritual bad guy that decays, corrupts whatever. I think yeah. the detail of like the milk going bad was incredibly atmospheric and terrifying. Yeah.
0: Necrotic aura or something going on. Yeah,
1: and I think this character is limited in some way by like we know there's this interesting power dynamic between the spiritual world. We heard it from the peddler in the first episode, like who came first and like where does sort of like authority lie. And um we even had that conversation of like shifting of Um, you know, we actually came from the spiritual realm and it wasn't vice versa. And like, they were our fathers and yet here's this peddler trying to enslave Ursuline. Uh, so there's, there's this interesting dynamic. And so I wonder if that same concept is true where there's, there's restrictions on how they travel here in a way, and maybe that the road is how that's exemplified or, you know, being invited into a house, or I don't really know, but I think it's someone super evil who likely wants his hands on the power that Grandmother Wren was guarding, um, which interestingly enough has not been talked about. And maybe, I guess, potentially even is part of the intentions behind the curse.
0: So, yeah. Um, okay. A couple of things on that is. Um, one, I can shed a little bit of light and it's not a definitive answer, but it does shed some light from the children's adventure. um, If you don't mind. No, yeah. Okay. This isn't like, this isn't like a a plot point that that spoils like a major thing that happens in the children's adventure, but it's kind of some lore that Brennan shares. And I won't share the context on how we find out. That way it won't be like a, you can still experience it yourself. But we're told there's these three things, basically. Um, Sunlight, doors, and beds. And those three things have like an impact on spirits in the, in the material world, let's call it. Um, and so different spirits have like a different relationship with each of those things. Like one might be let, for sake of the conversation here, one might be really good at sunlight and really bad at doors. Um, so, uh, without, without in going context, into it further than so that, <laughs> I'm just not good at doors, man. Um, uh, But so on that point, uh, it may be that certain spirits must be invited in, like if they're, again, Mm -hmm. bad at doors, let's call it. Um, Maybe we can have a deeper conversation about this uh, at some point later where I won't be as vague. But um, to me, that's what was going on. And maybe even the perpetual night is similarly tied to that. Like maybe he cannot be in sunlight. But he's so powerful that just darkness follows him, um, so I, I I would imagine that was what's going on there. But yeah, I think and not not every spirit, but I think um, most probably do need to be invited in, similar to like a vampire or mm-hmm. you know yeah. other uh, folk tales and stuff like that. Um, but I just thought that was really interesting, and for my money, I guess I'm probably with you. Again, you know, I'm team uh, he, he came because of, of Rin dying. So I think mm-hmm. that he could sense that or something. And, you know, since she's already dead, it's not as if he wants to harm her. So my best bet is that the, the power that you referred to is that he wants mm-hmm. this this heart of the world. Um, But to that end, and this is just going to be pure speculation from us, but I'm curious what you think. Um if that feels like that could have gone a number of ways, I don't think that that was railroaded in the sense of Brennan knew. Um, Brennan knew Ame was going to say, come back in a year. And in fact, it, he didn't know that given what the, given the fireside chat that I listened to. um. So I'm curious, hey, maybe what, one hour. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious what would have happened had they let him in, you know, like uh, Brennan had to at least be prepared yeah. for that. Um, now again, it, that didn't happen that way. So, you know, I guess there's not too much point in talking about it, but I don't know that I just, my mind started racing with like, well, okay, clearly this guy's out of their league and above their thing. Would he have just let them be, but done what he was coming to do? You know, I, didn't, I don't know if you had any thoughts about that, but I was just curious.
1: Yeah, I don't know. And for me, it's hard to like, like do deep speculation of like, you know, what if this happened? (laughs) (laughs) But, um, I do know, knowing from what Brennan has said before of like, part of being a great DM is like deeply knowing your players. And when you know your players, you don't have to railroad because you don't, Mm -hmm. when you lay paths out, you just, you just know the path that they're going to take and it preserves their autonomy and decision-making, but it also sort of frees you up. So I don't have to think of every scenario Um, I would venture to guess Brennan suspected as much that Ame would have said no. Um, You can't come in. The fact that her grandmother has just died uh, as her granddaughter would want to sort of protect the sacredness of the home. Like you wouldn't invite any visitor in, much less a much creepier, a much more creepier one. Right. Um, But had she let him in, yeah, I don't know. We definitely wouldn't have had some kind of combat. I I assume... You know, all roads lead to Rome, kind of situation where, you know, Brendan's gonna at least clue them in on, you got to get this guy out of your house. So right, I you know, but who knows?
0: Yeah, I think there there was some comment made, maybe I guess in episode one about like there are lots of powerful like artifacts and things in that house. Um, right, which yes. with how strong he was, it was probably the heart of the world. But I guess there are probably lots of things that maybe people would want that were in there. right? Um, A couple, two quick things. And then uh, this, I'm kind of moving away from this, unless you had anything else. No, on yeah, this guy. that's good. Um, <clears throat> One, I wanted to, uh, well, one thing they, they mentioned in the fireside chat that they realized that they didn't mention on Mike for the episode was that if some people were wondering, like, so they just all left the cottage and now it's just, unguarded and untended to while they're was, on this yeah. adventure.
1: I was wondering um, about that about like the legendary items and stuff like are people going to come ransack it or
0: Yeah, so they um they they touched on this and they said, "Yeah, we we had a conversation about this, but it must have not been on mic." Um which was that Mr. Soup was going to tend to those things while they were gone. That that was kind of the long-standing relationship between Mr. Soup and Grandmother Wren is that, you know, she built him that shrine and they, you know, make offerings yeah. to him and then he helps take care of things when. Uh, we
1: did get the detail because they talked about like, do we need to feed like the, the, the hens and things like that. And we got the detail of like the like budding sprouts coming out next to the shrine implying that Mr. Soup was going to um, take care of the area. But it, it sounds like maybe there's like a more, like a stronger ward over
0: the home for like, a random passerby are coming by or i don't know well um mr soup similar to Ursulon, has and i guess i guess they mentioned this in the fireside chat too um but has like a glamour form so he will like okay. be a humanoid form and i guess like oh. live in live in there while they're gone yeah and, and yeah yeah okay just be like yeah. the groundskeeper
1: yes that makes sense
0: okay cool um so that was one thing and then the other thing which i alluded to during my recap is I wanted to get your pulse on what exactly happened with grandmother Wren Cause I don't know if I, if I missed it or if it was just kind of glossed over, but it was is, glossed over. It was like a 15 second. Okay. Is the implication that, that she was in that urn though, it had a rooster on it. So I was like, could be Taro, but he was a familiar. And didn't he like evaporate into the wind? He dissipated. Yeah. Okay. So then her, her ashes were in there presumably, right? Right. Okay. Right. That that's, that was what I took from it. But since they went through it so fast, I wasn't sure if that was what happened.
1: Yeah. They kind of glossed over it for sure. Um,
0: okay. Which is so, fine, I guess, but yeah.
1: I do, I do have another question, not necessarily about her. I didn't know if you're wanting to leave like the setting or not, but
0: I, I would, didn't I, really uh, have a plan. So yeah, go well, ahead. I was
1: just thinking about the, the things that steel wanted grandmother Wren to have the right. star constellations, which is obviously something mhm Um and the the forms the the forms yeah the animal yeah
0: things yeah what what do you think's going on there I don't know it seemed like because one we know urine is that his name urine 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 um (laughs) urine (laughs) I didn't even mean I didn't realize that anyway urine um urine You're in, you're in, okay. (laughs) You're in trouble, you're in, okay. Um, (laughs) It seemed like, I guess it was based on how Suvi reacted, um, that this was like, like, it was very like sacred knowledge to know, or am I making this up, that like, that was like a hidden thing, like you keep that really close to your chest, what your transformation is, or am I making this up? There was a I don't know if that was the case, but she did seem to make a say
1: a line or something about like tell no one of any of this or something, or yeah. like keep this on the DL. But I think it may be related to her comment on the mages of Gathmere or Gathmire, if they're at war with. Mm-hmm. It may be more like this having this would kind of Imply something about like your allegiance with the citadel, so like don't show this to anybody um that that may be what the implication was, but also, yeah, there was something kind of irreverent about it, I guess that was like you know we we really shouldn't be looking at this or not even that, I guess, but just like it's not like, oh hey, cool, look at these drawings, <laughs> yeah, you know, so I don't know,
0: so yeah, i wasn't I wasn't entirely sure what to make of it, and the reason I had that line drawn is because. Uh, I remember in Harry Potter, you like there's some people could like turn into animals. I don't remember what they were called, but like, you know, Sirius Black could turn into the wolf. And I remember there were like there was like a a registry of like this person can turn into this. And I know like if you had like a secret one, it was like a really like one you're not supposed to. But two, it kind of like protected your identity in that. Like if people saw a big wolf around, they wouldn't know that that was Sirius Black or whatever. Spoilers, bro. <clears throat> so I don't, I don't know if this is a fair line to draw, but I was wondering if it was like a similar thing, like uh, they just kept their yeah, transformation okay. secret so that they had some anonymity in, in whatever yeah. they were doing. I yeah, guess. right. Um, okay, yeah, that's
1: interesting. Um, it's I'm curious if we're gonna get like a I really this is like where, I think Brendan does a great job like describing these things, but I really want like some fan art, <laughs> you ooh, know, where yeah. I can kind of I can just visualize it just a little bit more. Because I can kind of get there, but I'm also like, man, I want to see, I want to see what they're seeing, um, which they're not seeing anything because it's right. make-believe. But
0: <laughs> but what's in and their then, mind?
1: And then there's obviously, I'm kind of wondering like that night, which I don't know if we've gotten any more clarity in the children's story, but that night with Joran, who's a friend of the father, mm-hmm. but he's from Gathmere, which they're at war
0: with, like
1: what's going on there? Is Yoren still around? I don't know. It's interesting.
0: I from where I am in the children's adventure, I haven't there hasn't been anything like that yet. Um, OK, <clears throat> but another o- on those drawings and stuff, if it's not the connection I just said, um, maybe shining some more light on what you were saying. I wonder if it's uh, is it Gathmere? What is the it's either Gathmire or Gathmere? I think Gathmire. it's Gathmere. <clears throat> OK. Clearly, like Ame said, aren't we aren't we at war with them? Um, so maybe Suvi was like, Can't show this to anybody because maybe like these are sp- spies that are working with the Citadel that, that shouldn't be. So maybe it's like a CIA, you know, a like secret identity list, like that can't get out because all those people would be compromised at that point.
1: So oh, maybe it's something okay. like
0: that. Like, you know. Okay, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and then the stars thing and and Brennan said something around the lines of like Grandmother Ren would always joke about, like, which stars are playful or mischievous. It feels like there's something, I would assume, some connection, like, with the spirit world or something. I don't know. Um, and all this to say, what what exactly is going on with Steel? And why would Steel want her to have this, knowing that she was going to die soon? Or did she even really want Grandmother Ren to have it, knowing that Grandmother Ren would die and that ultimately she could give it to Suvi, but couldn't directly give it to Suvi because it would look bad. I don't know. Mm. I mean, I, my mind goes like ten different places.
0: Yeah, that's a good point about her dying. Um, I I don't know, but that does. I, I'm glad you brought this up because that does lead me to a a larger discussion about Steel that I wanted to have. In that, I don't, I don't. I'm not saying she's like the big bad, but I could see her being. Bro, what? a little bit darker than we realized. And Where I don't know what this I'm not trying to get like too meta in terms of storytelling, but like the connection for like the kind of revealed evil is there in that she was like really good friends with the mom and dad, but they died, but she somehow made it, you know? And like, if there is like this, this corruption for lack of a better word in the Citadel, maybe she's kind of at the heart of it, you know, maybe I, I don't know. And maybe, I don't know. It's just I'm not saying it's the case, but the pieces are in place for it to be later. Like, so I'm not saying like anything's really happened. That's like, oh, she's evil. But like, the the pieces are on the board for that to happen. I guess is what I'm saying.
1: Bro, how could you besmirch the good name of Steel? <laughs> her mom, Subi's mom's best friend, basically her aunt. And here you
0: are saying, yeah, which is which she had all the reason in the world to, to be emotional in, in that episode one scene where she's like, I I only just give you bad news. And like, you know, uh. so I'm not saying there needed to be an ulterior motive or like, you know, when she broke down saying like, you know, I promised your mom that I was mm-hmm. going to protect her. And then Suvi says like, well, you know, there's some very like meaningful yeah. passage about like magic and the essence of that. Um, Maybe there was like an extra layer to that sadness, knowing that, she had to and maybe it wasn't like a just pure evil thing but maybe for whatever reason like that sacrifice had to be made and it was steel that that decided or something um i just feel like there's there's potential there for for we don't know the full story exactly with steel and i i lead that all into the grandmother Rin stuff because like you said that that kind of doesn't add up if they knew she was dying and yet she sent suvi with this stuff to give her and how did she know she was dying? Are they like, does does grandmother Wren have this solidified relationship with the Citadel as an yeah. entity, or is it just with steel? Because we know grandmother Wren had a relationship with with soft and stone at least, right? Because in episode one, when Suvi shows up and is an adult, grandmother Wren thinks it's her mom, right? I think she's like, Oh, yeah. soft yes. or steel. Yes. Or neither of those. What's her name? Stone.
1: I think stone. Yeah. I'm assuming when she got sick, she was kind of like getting her affairs in order and chatted with steel, which I'm not on, you know, team steel's evil, <laughs> by the way, I think, you know, we're all going to get today where she's vindicated and <laughs> you're going to say sorry. However, if she's been chatting with Steele, getting her affairs in order, hey, I'm dying, it would be interesting if she confided in Steele about, like, hey, just so you know, like, here's, like, the last loose ends that, like, just for my estate and Ame and whatever, and if Steele was the one who cursed her, like, oh. realizing, oh, we well, we can't let that, we can't dabble with that, it's not... You know, it's best that's unspoken. Yeah. And someone, because you have to wonder, someone as powerful as Grandmother Ren, how could she be cursed and, like, not see it coming? Well, if it's someone deeply close to her, I could see something like that. Um, yeah, I mean... It also explains why n- neither of them seem to have been expecting Suvi, either. Right. You know, I mean, True. you would think there would have, would have been a conversation. I don't know. But and maybe Steele didn't think she'd make it in time. I don't know. But point being to what you're saying, if those documents are like you're not supposed to have those things, I wonder if that's sort of like an intentional, you know, caught red-handed type of thing. Yeah, like, of like yeah, plant, little, planting
0: some evidence. Yeah. Type of
1: thing. I like how we took your stupid little comment about Steele, and now we have <laughs> like the whole <laughs> the next ten episodes of like Charlie the betrayal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, um that reminds me of a character i have in my D campaign where the party just always assumes he's evil and they always think he's <laughs> doing something he's done nothing but be nice to them heal them level them up all these <laughs> things they're just like who are you
0: well now we gotta know is he evil
1: i can't answer that because my wife will watch this <laughs> oh,
0: okay <laughs> just blink once no, if, he's he's, if he's evil though okay um <clears throat> yeah so i Again, I don't I feel like this is something we could maybe fully we could as it goes on, maybe, you know, press out the juices into an actual strong theory. But the pieces are there. And again, not and not that the conclusion, not that the conclusion to this (laughs) has to be that she's evil. But the conclusion is that she hasn't been telling the truth about certain things. I
1: think that is probably fair that being what's her title? Like the sword of the
0: city or the yeah, League Sword Mage of or, the citadel, which I mean, we don't know how the power yeah, works, but it seems like she's up there.
1: Yeah. And so there's definitely like an opportunity for ignorance, where she's like she didn't ask questions and, you know, didn't pry, but she did her duty, but it definitely seems like it's ripe for opportunity where in her mind, for the greater good, either made decisions or kept things in the dark that maybe she shouldn't have.
0: Yeah. Like maybe for the greater good, she had to, kill suvi's parents or something Uh, uh, because you are so like (laughs) maybe for the greater the the greater good in her mind anyway everyone (laughs) because one interesting thing is that we still don't know what the context of that opening scene was like because we have this seemingly powerhouse of civilization in the citadel uh and they're literally in the citadel when it's happening and they have to flee so like was there a civil war was there some sort of attack that got that far that breached that far inward um, or worse were suvi's parents and i don't mean a negative connotation on this necessarily because we don't know if the citadel's good or bad but were suvi's parents like turning against the citadel they we know they're oh, working with okay. we know they're working with urine 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 we know they're working with him maybe it wasn't that he was a spy maybe it's that they were you know yeah and maybe steel was like you know or i you know not necessarily that conclusion but uh there's a lot of interesting things here
1: like a snape and dumbledore situation
0: yeah yeah Yeah, i don't know in any case there's some interesting stuff happening but to, to go back to the the stuff steel gave suvi that that what you brought up is something i didn't even think about which is a she knew she was dying. What's, what's with giving her that information unless she was trying to get it to Ame. Like maybe she knew that, well, Ren dies. There will be a witch to replace her. Maybe this witch can keep these things safe. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, But we do know that okay. Ame looked first looks for like a hidden code or a secret in the book, but like, because she's not a wizard, she couldn't even right. scrape, scrape the surface of it, Um, which Suvi didn't. Um, So I'm wondering if maybe we'll get Suvi Taking a crack at that book later and maybe get some more answers. Um, but yeah, glad you brought that up. I know we we went off on that, so uh, yeah. <clears throat> what
1: uh, two well, things like go ahead. I was say before we leave grandmother Wren's house, I was just gonna talk about the familiar. But yeah, that's what I was gonna say too. Um okay. love the fox. I, if, yeah, if something happens to him, I will. <laughs> we, we're quitting the show. We, yeah, we're done. This is the best <laughs> character. <laughs> I like Ursula Lou being like, All right, when I get my familiar, he better be this cool.
0: <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that. Uh, it's basically just Brennan's voice sort of with like a, a little bit <laughs> yeah. of sauce on it. There was a funny, um, there was a funny line in the fireside chat about, and I don't know if it was, I think the conversation was was brought up during the pilgrim of the stars moment, not the Fox moment. Um, because the pilgrim of the stars obviously had a bunch of effects on it. Um, But Brennan was like, yeah, usually it's just like for villains, it's my voice with a little bit of a twang on top of it. And he was like, yeah, the fox is my voice, but a little whatever, a little exaggerated, maybe, I think is what he said. Yeah. But anyway, the the revelation that he got to was like, yeah, for villains and love interests, I basically use my own voice. And he's like, don't unpack that. (laughs) Um, And it was just really funny. I actually Uh, will say it's been
1: encouraging listening to him create such compelling characters. Uh, Stone. Sorry steel I mean why do they have to do this with the naming <laughs> convention steel is basically his voice just lighter um but it was encouraging me as a dm not to open a can of like well you don't try to be matt mercer but <laughs> you know matt who has like a voice for every character a lot of brennan's characters he brennan has a few different voices but mm-hmm. a lot of them share the same voice right and yet the characters are incredibly compelling and um very like Uh, visual is the word I keep thinking of. Like I can see the character. I can see Mm -hmm. the interaction. Um, So as like a DM, I'm like, yeah, maybe I could stop trying to do, (laughs) 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 you know, that one impression.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. He definitely, um, you know, you don't have to be a professional voice actor by any means. And he's very much proof of that. Even though, like you said, he does do some great voices um, as well. Uh, What,
1: I was just laughing at, you know, he's very much proof that you don't have to be a good voice actor.
0: to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They weren't saying that, but anyway. uh, One thing you just mentioned that I wanted to bring up back kind of during the Pilgrim thing was the, the spirits and not, uh, not wanting people to know their true names, which is something we speculated on with the mages and having these S names. So obviously wizards aren't spirits but i'm wondering if there's a line to be drawn there about that it's a similar situation where they don't want people to have power over them so they have these nicknames or whatever i
1: think evidence is there for sure i i think i think we, even if it's not the
0: case we were on the right track with like the power of names yeah um because um, yeah i don't really have more to say on it but i just wanted to no yeah retouch on that since we speculated on it last episode and we yeah. Kinda had some more water in that bucket for that theory yeah. with this, um, so I thought that was interesting. Well, do you want to talk about Juras and Ursalon and? Um, I do. One last thing on the familiar um, is uh, we, we talked about how they've they've homebrewed the witch class for this show and yeah. uh one of the things they talked about in i think it was the first fireside chat um they kind of went through like the flavor of the witchcraft like the witch class and what was behind it and one of the things is that they have these familiars obviously and they're much more beefed up compared to a um <clears throat> like yeah. a normal familiar from 5e that we're used to so a couple things i thought were cool excuse me ugh of like a burp <clears throat> um was that it's, it's a real animal like it's not like yeah. a, can purely conjured from magic.
1: Yeah, um,
0: which and again I don't remember if this was from the fireside chat or the episode, but they brought up how like some wizards have familiars too, but those those are conjured from magic. Um so we might see more of a five E familiar, but they're gonna be vastly different from what Ame's is. Um so I liked that it was a real a real mm-hmm. creature. Um and I'm interested just to see what they can do. And um they're also kind of like a foil to the the caster, and foil might not be the right word, but they kind of exemplify kind of the character flaws in yeah in their in their masters. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you know. You know
1: and the, I didn't. Am I making this up? Did they say they were going to have a witch like class description written up or coming at some point?
0: Yeah, they said they were going to release the witch class um they didn't give any type of time frames but yeah okay. at some point we will get that i thought i remembered that yeah yeah okay um but yeah i'm just excited to see more i'm really just interested in the character as as a whole i'm curious in that they aren't conjured if if there is a way to to bring him back if he is, if he is to die. Because you know, in 5e, care. if your familiar dies, you can just resummon him. It's never Is happen- that the case?
1: case? He's, he's gonna be happy <laughs> and well fed, and nothing bad will ever happen to him.
0: So say we all. So say uh-huh. we all. <laughs> uh but yeah. Um so yeah, now on to uh Joris, I I guess. Yeah. Um, did you have anything? Well, I was just
1: gonna say, I just I have a lot of thoughts and I'm trying to think about over like the next 20 minutes how to like where to start with it but um I just feel so bad for Ursulaon man. Yeah. Not just the fact did it did it throw you at all? So here's my first thought. When they describe Sir Gallant and um you know the princess whatever mm-hmm. knowing how much he admired the knight from the children's stories. Mm-hmm. I thought Sir Gallant was going to be him in his mm. glamor form. And so when it turned out that he was the ogre, I, I just felt really bad for him. And then, you know, him just talking the stories about how he had to, he had to trade away Wavebreaker just to have a place to stay in wintertime. He had to give away the music box. Um, and he talks about how he, Lou talks about how Ursula notices like, even smells like the food in their pockets and like knows how they're well fed. And this is someone who's lived a very, very hard life. And I, I kind of wonder, it made me sad, but then I also kind of wondered like, can he not go back to the spiritual world? Like, is he stuck here? Cause it seems like all the things that excited him about that first interaction with the night and learning about like these like duty and honor and things that he really was motivated by. It seems like he's realized life is much less sexy than that. And yet he remains here. Yeah. So.
0: So I, I I can shed light on that from the children's adventure, but I'll leave that if you want to know, or if if you, if you want Um, me to tell you, or if you just want to wait until you get to that yourself, I think I'll wait. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but it, it does shed some light on that. Um, OK, but yeah, it is so it is terribly sad. And it's something they joked about that, like, uh that like this was this was so sad. And Brendan's like, I didn't they told me what their characters and backstories they wanted to be. Um, But he's like, yeah, they're
1: very, <laughs> very the sad. They're like, chat. I think or... so. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> and Lou, Lou was like they made Lou made a comment of like, I thought we were going to do more of the play like more of like the, the high school play would be acted out. Cause I, he just like, I thought that would be really funny. And then it just got really sad. <laughs> um, I like how they had him like um, the woman, like repeating her lines
1: and kept like talking about like the sparrow or whatever. And like yes. Sang another bird. <laughs> There's so many other birds,
0: <laughs> but yeah, I, I just, but yeah, it's just, I mean, it really is like devastatingly <sighs> sad because it's like, having all these aspirations and hopes and dreams and not having accomplished any of them and now being forced to have these people that like knew you when you were young and had yeah. those dreams and they now see you in this very exposed yeah. um, place, humanizing. Yeah. Uh, de dignifying way, undignified way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was hard to hard to watch, you know, quote unquote for a podcast. Um, but really, really powerful, I thought. And obviously, we don't know where the story's going to go. But obviously, the, the implication is that we're going to have a nice full arc, assuming, you know, he doesn't die at some point. Um, and and with that hopefully being the case, what a kind of cool, raw place to start. You know, this kid that has these aspirations and, you know, here 20 years later, however it is, like, yeah, he's utterly fallen short. Um, but I, I really mean, liked I really liked kind of the, the, st- the I don't know if stinger is the right word, but the the cliffhanger of of this episode being like we've got your quest, you know, it was kind of like a nice little like upswing of of hope being like.
1: Well, I was going to ask you in the children's story, is he like talking about wanting to go on a quest? And I'm thinking well, like
0: as a continuation of like meeting the knight, like
1: adventure well, right. and like.
0: <laughs> so yeah, without without. Ju- just I can keep it to the first episode, which you've heard in the, the preludes, you know, the word quest and honor were like the two things he was infatuated with after his first meeting with Sir Cure. so I think that's kind of where that that desire came from. And obviously, yeah, he wanted to, like,
1: you mm. know, be
0: an honorable yeah. knight with the quest, just like he was. So, yeah, now he he they have this quest to go find uh wave breaker. So I thought that was kind of a nice bit of an, an uplifting note to end on after such a, you know, sad state of affairs leading up to that. Um, and also just to throw this out real quick, cause it's something we talked about back when they first came out <clears throat> in the then and the then and now's that I listened to, I got part of the excerpt was this, uh, circus play. Um, so I know you. Oh, so, OK. <laughs> without getting too in the weeds on it, when this first came out, Blake and I were listening to it and I listened to the then and nows and he started. But then they switched it where they transformed it into the preludes. And so we were like being confused. I was like, "Did you saw the circus, right? And he's like, what are you talking about? So uh, are we
1: talking about the same thing? But
0: yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this this is what I was talking about. I saw a little piece of this.
1: Yeah. OK, well. I'm glad they got the music box back. Um, I liked the detail of just like the pure fear of the Citadel. Like the two times Suvi had to make the intimidation check. The characters both times are like, Yeah, right, right away, right away. <laughs> so and I think it's gonna be it's a nice setup for I think following on Steele's advice. Hey, there's areas that don't give the respect mm-hmm. to the Citadel that you might expect. Um I'm looking forward to that intimidation check that where she falls on her face basically. <laughs>
0: yeah. Or that puts so. like a huge target on her back or something, right. you know, Right. very interested to get more of the, the political landscape as it were. Yeah. Um, very curious. And uh, go ahead. I am looking at my notes really quick. Oh no, I think that's it for me
1: other than just, I expected to say more about Ursula, but now I'm like, yeah I said really what I was thinking. <laughs>
0: um, sorry, one sec doo, doo, doo. I think that's probably all I've got as well um, so yeah, we've got um episode three comes out tomorrow, which is nice. I'm excited. I get I have a lot of window time on Tuesdays, so
1: I'll be able to dive into it.
0: Oh, nice. And um this this isn't what I was looking for, but it did remind me um kind of uh, on the on the meta conversation about how this show is made compared to something like Critical Role. I've noticed and I don't know if it's if it's been I don't know where I've noticed it, but I have, so I can't give you the exact example, but clearly they're playing like episode 1, episode 2 isn't they all got together for session one, ended, came back for session two. Like, I think maybe episodes one through four could have been all them in one sit down session um, that they're then just, you know, now chopping up. Um, and I'm even I wondering. Don't,
1: go ahead. I don't know if that's the case, though, because episode two had the intro from Brennan being like, basically, here's what happened previously. So if that happens again, I would think they are splitting up and coming back. Well, because it's or I don't know. You tell me what you think
0: it. I, th- I think both can be true, like for the, the for the sake of episode one and two, maybe that was two different sessions. So I don't remember somewhere I it, maybe it was in the children's adventure, but it was clear that like it was still the same session, even though we were now on a new episode. OK, um, yeah. OK, so it's just given the the difference in in format, let's call it of this compared to Critical Role they can kind of do some interesting things like that of deciding to, or this is a really natural kind of stopping yeah. point, um, you know, and you know, blah, 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 um, blah, blah, blah. And on that <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Uh, I'm also interested to know if they would ever like re like ever shuffle sequences in that same, I don't I don't think they have and, I, and there's nothing that's made me think they have. But just since they have the ability to do that, um, like, you know, for example, in episode one, I think it was other than that very quick intro with Ursula on, the entire episode was was Suvi and Ame. Um, right. I'm not I don't think there was any splicing there, but I'm wondering, like, in service of that or in service of avoiding like, oh, this whole episode, we never did anything with with mm-hmm. Lou, if yeah. they ever maybe would like post-production edit segments that weren't necessarily chronological order for how they were played
1: yeah it's definitely an interesting thought and i'm curious i'm definitely curious to see like what happens with that for sure yeah um yeah i think that's that's all i got um all right well you guys let us know what you thought about the episode, new episode coming soon. Uh, last chance, very last chance to post on the giveaway video, just post literally anything in the comments and we'll uh, include <laughs> you in the giveaway. Um, and then we'll be back to announce that winner later this week, along with our critical role discussion.
0: That's right. Um, so, uh, oh yeah. Thumbnail.
1: I um. like we should do something about the play, either the play or the stranger.
0: Oh Yeah. Both are good. Hmm. If we did the stranger, one person could be menacing, the other people could be scared. What what would we do for the play? Like,
1: well, I was looking for like anything around my table that would be like a makeshift knight outfit, but I don't have anything. <laughs> you don't have a
0: suit of armor just lying <laughs> yeah, around?
1: Maybe I had like a, you know, a helmet or something. I get like a bucket I could just put on <laughs> my head and you know. <laughs> but alas, I do not. Um, we could I could be like the 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 pilgrim and just do kind of like a, like yeah. A sort of I like that. And I'll I'll just be hang scared. On, hang, on, hang on, like a, like this.
0: <laughs> We're not stupid. We're doctors. <laughs> Nailed it. All right. Well, we appreciate you guys
1: and uh, thanks for watching. We'll be back soon. Bye all.